This ain't your daddy's sports radio. This is Sports Talk with Matty Wills. And here's your host, Matty Wills. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Matty Wills here, checking in with you guys. And uh, yeah, I can already tell what my biggest challenge is going to be by trying to do a podcast. Uh, yeah, first of all, welcome to Sports Talk with Maddie Wills. My name is Maddie Wills. If you haven't figured that out by now, I trust that most of you listening today, as this is the first episode, probably received a text message or an email from me encouraging you to do so. So I'm glad that you're here. If you've been, you know, if we, if we know each other personally, then you know that this is, uh, I don't know what, my third or fourth rendition of, of a sports podcast here in Cleveland, Ohio. If you're new, though, welcome. We plan on having a lot of fun here. I'll have guests from time to time, usually by phone, more than likely, as I am currently recording in my basement, trying to trying to change some things around down here to uh, set up for a new type of audio lifestyle that I that I'm currently living. If you guys don't know, um, most of you probably do. I'm sure I am an on air personality and board operator for. Z1079 is a hip-hop station here in the great, great, great city of Cleveland, Ohio. I'm a born and raised Cleveland, Ohio win. I am a diehard Cleveland sports fan, and I know a couple things about the three major sports, at least. I won't sit up here and try to pretend that my knowledge or desire to learn anything about sports that don't pertain to football, basketball, or baseball. You know, the big three as they're called, I'm not going to pretend to you like I know a lot of, about hockey or golf, even though even though I do know that Tiger Woods won his first tournament of the new season. So shout out to him. I know a lot of uh, <laughs> I know a lot of females are, are turned off to Tiger Woods right now. And and I get it. But, you know, let bygones be bygones and, and we'll move on. And, and as a matter of fact, I'll just stop talking about Tiger Woods. Right now, that's not going to get me anywhere with the, with the new listeners. So, yeah, my name is Maddie Wills, man. Um, you know, I'm in I'm in the, the second half of my 30s, as I like to say. Huge Browns fan, huge Indians fan, huge Cavaliers fan. Um, so the way that I kind of envision this thing moving is is me just coming on here probably once a week, maybe twice a week and, and just chumming it up with you guys, man. I, you know, a lot of you probably don't know that I did run a pretty successful Cleveland sports blog a handful of years ago that I had a ton of fun with. And I should have never let that kind of kind of go to the wayside. I wish that I I would have stuck with that, because as I mentioned, as much fun as it's been working with the great folks over at, at Radio One Cleveland, you know, writing and and podcasting for yourself is is a feeling that I haven't I've been chasing ever since I stopped and I haven't been able to find it, even though I, you know, I have a lot of fun talking on the radio every weekend on Z or whenever I fill in during the week. So I'm not discounting that at all. I would listen. I would change absolutely zero about my life right now in terms of my professional career. I mean, I, I love where I work. I love the people that I work with. I love the trajectory that I've been on. And uh, I also love that it allows me to kind of do things that I want to do, which is hopefully what this podcast <laughs> will turn into. I've been trying to get it off the ground for a few weeks now. I've I've known for a couple of months that I kind of wanted to bring the blog back. So if you ever get a chance, you can definitely check out some of my some of my uh, opinionated 
articles that I write right there on MattyWills.com. I'll be sharing those, a lot of those, to ZHipHopCleveland.com as well. As you'll see that a lot of my uh, interests in, in entertainment, you know, on one hand, I love sports. I've said it a few times here already that if I couldn't, you know, well, I didn't say this, but if I couldn't watch sports, especially the Cavs, Brown and Indians on a regular basis, like if I if I was born and this is no shade to, to any other city, but if I was born in a city or a market that that didn't have all three professional sport teams to root for. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I would be. Uh, or I don't know what the hell I would watch. I mean, you can only watch reruns of The Office on Netflix so many times. I'm currently on my sixth time going through the series. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so so what are we going to talk about today, right? This is the inaugural episode. It is November 14th, 2019. It is a Thursday, and the Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Cavs actually both have games downtown tonight. And, of course, the big one for the city is the Cleveland Browns. They started the season very poorly after the most hyped. This has got to be the most hyped offseason of any sport here in the city. Actually, I take that back. When LeBron James was drafted number one overall back in 2003 and when LeBron James came back to play with the Cavs again in 2014, those upcoming seasons for their respective sport, that, of course, was basketball and the Cavs, were the two easily most hyped um, seasons, upcoming seasons for Cleveland sports fans. But this one here for the Cleveland Browns, I mean, my goodness, you signed Odell Beckham Jr. in March via trade. You didn't sign him, you traded for him. And that right there, that right there brought in tons, tons of hype for this team. National love, national recognition, national pundits, national takes on what the Cleveland Browns were going to do this fall and winter. And so far, I've got to say, they've been pretty damn disappointing. And I don't even think that, that that's arguable. I mean, there, there's nobody... And I listen, I mean nobody. I heard no but not one person expect for the season for the Browns in relation to Cleveland sports media expect the year that has that has started for us so far. I mean, this has been terrible. The Browns, if you don't know, are three and six. They got punched in the mouth week one, lost to the Tennessee Titans who had a big one last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's not like the Titans are pushovers, but, I mean, we got blew out at home week one, and that kind of set the tone for where we are right now. It was a punch in the mouth, and the Browns have yet to recover. Biggest win of the season so far clearly is against the Baltimore Ravens, who look like they can go on a run and, and actually win this next Super Bowl. I mean, they went into Foxborough and absolutely destroyed New England just a couple of weeks ago, and Lamar Jackson looks like either him or Russell Wilson. It looks like uh, he he may be your NFL MVP. But tonight, Thursday night football, Cleveland, I was about to say the Cleveland Cavaliers, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. 
long-standing rivalry. 135th meeting between these two teams going down tonight. I think the two cities are only separated by a couple of hundred miles as Pittsburgh clearly in Pennsylvania over to our west. And the game is a huge game for both clubs because Pittsburgh started the year one and four. They've now won four in a row. They're five and four right now. Second place in the AFC North. And a win here, I mean, it doesn't look like anybody's going to to catch Baltimore for the division. So if the Steelers or the Browns want to make it into the postseason, it's going to have to be via wild card. And, and, you know, and what we can expect right now, even though Pittsburgh does only have four losses. So they're only two losses behind Baltimore. Anyway, the, the more likely scenario with Baltimore kind of tearing up the league. Shout out to Twan City. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so, so the Ravens are his, are his team, man. It's, the Ravens and the freaking Los Angeles Lakers are my guy, Antoine Steele, Twan City, who's who's getting married soon. Uh, those are his two teams. No, he's not from Los Angeles. No, he's not from Baltimore, as far as I know. But those are his two teams, and they're both they both look like they could win championships in, in their sports. Anyway. So the, nobody's going to track down Baltimore. The, if the Steelers or the Browns, who meet tonight for the 135th time in the history of the NFL, if they desire, if they anticipate making it into the postseason, tonight is a one must-win game. No question about it. Especially for your Browns. S- six losses already. Seven? Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't see them getting into the playoffs with seven losses. And it's so funny that we're even talking like this right now because <laughs> these are the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> like, like these are the Cleveland freaking Browns, man. We've never I'm 36 years old. I, I mean, I'm in the second half of my 30s. We've never been able to to just mid-November trying to track out a way for the Browns to get into the playoffs. This doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. What is it? The Browns have one postseason appearance since being returned to Cleveland since 1999. Lost to the Steelers. I think the Steelers beat us three times that year. So just the fact that I guess that we can talk about the potential of the Browns making it to the playoffs while we're still in November is is a move in the right direction for Browns fans, I guess, if that's the way that you want to look at it. But it's hard for me not to look at this this, this season right now and, and not think disappointment. I mean, I'm extremely disappointed for being three three and six, three and three and six. Nah. You won't hear a lot of teams at three and six be talked about as if they have a route to the playoffs. So I just kind of want to set that precedent for everybody that the likelihood of the Browns actually going to the playoffs is is very low. I'm not saying that we can't get there. I'm just saying that the likelihood of that actually happening is extremely low. No hate, no shade. Just calling it like I see it. Anyway, tonight's game, I'll say it again, 135th meeting. 
Browns, Steelers, Steelers visiting Northeast Ohio. They're up in the series. Go figure that. <laughs> I bet most of you probably assume that. By a, a record of 75, excuse me, the Steelers have 75 wins while the Browns have 58. There's one tie in there as well. <laughs> Thanks, Hugh. <laughs> Thanks, Hugh Jackson, for that. 75, 58, and 1 are the Steelers versus the Browns. Browns got a lot of ground to make up. Can they start tonight? That is the question. Now, even though the Browns haven't beat Pittsburgh since December 12th, 2014, yeah, it's been over five years since you beat this team, which is ridiculous. Even though that is the case, the Browns are actually favored tonight by three points. It's been like that all week. It'll probably be like that at kickoff. Which means that Vegas feels like the Browns will win this game. How do you feel, though? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I will say this. Big win for the Cleveland Browns last week against Buffalo. Buffalo came in here with a 6-2 and two record. One of the better records in the NFL. Not many people really, at least I, I, I haven't heard many people, thinking that Buffalo will actually remain this high and, and, and be a playoff team. But, you know, there are some very infamous words out there that say, you are what your record says you are. So Buffalo came in here at 6-2. and two. The Browns at the moment, at that time, were 2-6. and six. They had two wins. And they eked out a win. So back-to-back wins would prove, you know, uh, uh, to be a very good thing for this team if they can pull it off. Buffalo's record was much better than the Steelers' record is right now. However, I still feel Pittsburgh, fear Pittsburgh more. Down Ben Roethlisberger, who went out second game of the season for the season. Down Antonio Brown because he's a jackass. Down Le'Veon Bell because he wanted to get paid. And Pittsburgh still finds a way to put up a four-game winning streak. Jump back into the, to the winning column. Sit at second place in the division and only trail the hot-ass Baltimore Ravens by two games. So that speaks a lot to coaching. Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who Steelers fans always whine about who've always wanted to boot out of Pittsburgh. Do you know that Mike Tomlin actually has a winning record without Ben Roethlisberger? Go figure that. Their franchise quarterback is out. A guy who has, well, I think Ben has two Super Bowls, right? Maybe one. I know he's been there a couple of times. But a Super Bowl winning quarterback nonetheless, who's been a mainstay in Pittsburgh allure for the last decade plus, in the games that he has not played, Mike Tomlin has found a way to coach that team into wins more than losses. I think that's pretty dope for Mike. Obviously, I hate the Steelers, but I love what they represent, man. Look, if you want to win in the National Football League, if you want to go to the playoffs in the National Football League, if you want to dominate a division that is in the Midwest, and half over half the season, 
You're probably playing in below freezing weather or snow or both. You better have two things. And neither one of them are a franchise quarterback. You better have a defense. Pittsburgh currently one of the most ball-hawking defenses in the NFL. I think they're two in takeaways. Have 14 forced turnovers. And we all know that Baker Mayfield is not the most accurate quarterback this year. So how many turnovers do you think he has tonight? He's cleaned it up over these past couple of games. I'll give you that. Against solid defenses, at least in in Buffalo, Buffalo has a solid defense. But Pittsburgh is a ball-hawking defense. So if the Browns have any chance to win tonight, any chance at all, they cannot turn the ball over. Mason Rudolph, who took over quarterbacking duties for Pittsburgh in the absence of Ben Roethlisberger, is pedestrian at best. I mean, the guy's guy's not that good, at least on an NFL level, at least right now. Not saying that he can't get better. The interesting thing, though, is that I can't remember the name of the college that that he played for, but him and Baker Mayfield actually have met three times on a collegiate level, Baker Mayfield taking all three of those wins in an article that I read this morning. So, I mean, <laughs> I wish we could just line Baker up versus Mason Rudolph because even though uh, even though Baker is struggling this year, he's, he's better than that. Anyway, one key thing that I think the Browns need to do tonight and, and, and continue to improve on for the remainder of this year, playoffs or no playoffs, and it's for it's for kind of an unfortunate situation or a reason, which I'll get into after I tell you what it is. But the Browns need to continue to find an identity. And you hear that and it sounds cliche. But if there's one team in the NFL right now that people think could be a playoff team, but a team that absolutely has zero identity and style of play, it's the freaking Cleveland Browns. You look at it. And Nick Chubb, your running back, has almost 1,000 yards. You're only a little over halfway through the season. I mean, the guy could challenge for 1,500, 1,700 yards this year in his second year. And you, you just added a guy last week, fresh off suspension, and Kareem Hunt as a running back who, by all accounts, at least in terms of what he's accomplished so far in the NFL, is a better overall running back than Nick Chubb, which sounds funny to say. But you just added him back. So you have two stud running backs, right? Your offensive line is weak. We all know that. But you have two stud running backs. So on a lot of teams, under a lot of coaching staffs, you would think, harping back to what I just said about Pittsburgh that they always have, you would think that you would lean on that running game. And and this is what confuses me about the Browns. As I just mentioned, Nick Chubb will probably cross over into the 1,000-yard plateau tonight. And he has, I don't know, top two, top three yards per carry in the NFL. I think he's the NFL's leading rusher at the moment. Yet we don't run him in key situations. So who is that on? 
It's not a secret, right? It's on the freaking coach, right? I mean, if the Browns are going to establish an identity, then your coach has to be the one to establish it. So on, on our show on Matt and Matt Sports that I do with Hazmat, DJ Hazmat, over at Radio 1, which you can watch on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Z1079 or facebook.com slash 931Cleveland, WZAK. I don't know. Go to Facebook and search 93.1 WZAK. I'm not sure exactly what their Facebook page is. But we do the show weekly there. It's a video show. You, you love it. Check it out. But Haz and I just had the debate last week or, or the week prior and, and we're not the only ones having this debate, trust me. But what do you do with Freddie Kitchens, man? I mean, my goodness, the decisions that he's made on the goal line have been horrific. The decisions that he's made choosing when to call and waste timeouts have been absolutely deplorable. And what's, what kills me the most about Freddie, and it sucks because I didn't think he would be this bad based on what we saw out of the offense last year after he took over as the offensive coordinator once Hugh Jackson was finally let go. But the thing that bugs me about him is that I thought that he was going to be one of those offensive gurus. He unlocked Baker Mayfield. Hugh Jackson didn't even think Baker Mayfield was better than Tyrod freaking Taylor, who's backing up somewhere over there on the West Coast. I think it's the San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers. But he didn't even think Baker was better than Tyrod Taylor, who I did want to start the season last year as the veteran. But if I was in Brown's practice every day, I think I would have been able to notice that Baker Mayfield has a better arm than Tyrod Taylor. And sometimes better physical skills trump experience, knowledge of the game, veteranship, Sometimes just give me the athlete. You think when they drafted LeBron James, they were going to sit him behind somebody who was a small forward, who was a better, who had who had more uh, 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 experience in the NBA? No, you throw LeBron's ass out there and he's going to figure it out because he's a freak of nature. I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is a freak of nature, but he throws a pretty he, he, he throws a pretty damn good football. We've seen him this season. Throw some pretty damn good footballs. So the fact that Hugh Jackson couldn't see that he was better than Taylor is beyond me, and it's probably why he got fired. But what do you do with Freddie Kitchens? One of many reasons why he got fired. But what do you do with Freddie Kitchens? You're three and six, right? So let's eliminate the BS. If the Browns do win out and finish this season 10 and six and do get a playoff berth, Win or lose that playoff game, obviously you can't fire Freddie. You can't fire him in the offseason, and you probably give him all of next season too. But let's eliminate the, the BS. The Browns are not going to win every game for the rest of the season, and they're not going to lose every game for the rest of the season. So let's, let's not even think about those two possibilities. The more likely possibility is that the Browns are going to finish somewhere between uh, 7 and 9 and, and, and 9 and 7. Right. So if you finish seven and nine and nine and seven, is that good enough, especially with the start that Freddie had? Is that good enough for him to keep his job? Now, ultimately, the answer on the show when we asked that was that we kind of got to see how these games play out. If the Browns finish nine and seven and they're in they're in every game. Then you, you probably got to bring Freddie back, right? 
But if the Browns finish 7-9 and nine and we lose most of these games due to the idiocy of your head coach, is idiocy a word? I don't know if it is. But if you lose these games and you finish below 500 and you do it because your head coach still doesn't know the difference between his ass and a red flag, a red challenge flag, then then Freddie's got to go. And because of Hugh Jackson, we don't have to give this dude three years. We don't. Freddie Kitchens inherited a much more talented roster than Hugh Jackson has ever coached in his life. He inherited it on his first day on the job. He's got Odell Beckham Jr. He's got Miles Garrett entering his prime. He's got a young, hot, second-year quarterback. He's got a secondary wide receiver in Jarvis Landry, who on probably more than 15 NFL teams would be the number one wide receiver. You might be able to put that number up to 20. Jarvis Landry is a very good wide receiver. You saw it last week. Had about a buck 50, a buck 60 in the air. Big, big catches. I know the Higgins catch put us over the top, but that Jarvis Landry setup catch and that first half touchdown were beautiful catches by the boy Jarvis Landry. He's not getting as much props as he deserves because we're all focused on Odell Beckham Jr., which leads me into my next point. If the Cleveland Browns do not find or establish or recognize what their identity truly is, You ready for this? You're going to lose Odell Beckham. Yeah. If the Browns don't establish, look, you can't win consistently without knowing what kind of team you are. You just can't. It just doesn't happen. You can't try to do new shit every, every time you go on the field and expect to win. It doesn't happen. The Browns are either going to need to turn into a run-first team or they're going to have to truly develop the relationship on the field between Odell and Baker Mayfield. Because Odell, he won't ask to be traded if the Browns are winning games and he's not that involved. I don't believe that. I, I, I believe that Odell wants to win. He might want to wear his fancy watches and his fancy pants and his fancy shoes and his fancy helmets. He wants to do all that shit. Trust me. I know. I get it, man. I get it. And I'm not mad at him one bit. He's a wide receiver. They're divas. We universally recognize NFL players who play that position as that. Do you remember Terrell Owens? No, you don't remember Terrell Owens? Remember Chad Ochocinco? Hell, Antonio Brown, these guys are divas. This is what they do. I don't care about that. I don't mind that. Not at all. But you can't not give Beckham the ball and lose games. You got to do one or the other, man. You got to do what you have to. Listen, you have to get Odell his stats. Or you have to win. And the winning can come with Odell getting his stats and the winning can come with Odell not necessarily getting his stats. But you have to win if you want Odell. I think we got him signed here for another four years if you want him to stay here for four years. I don't think that's rocket science, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy who 
who will walk off the field at at 4.30 Eastern and be on a jet to Los Angeles by 6.30. (laughs) Knowing he has to come back to Cleveland on Tuesday, early. He's a diva, but there's nothing wrong with that. He can be a diva, but you got to get him his stats or you got to get him some wins or you're going to lose Odell Beckham. Beckham Jr. Now, a lot of people make the argument, and I've had this discussion, and I'm willing to listen to it, that we don't necessarily need Odell Beckham. And like I said, I'll listen to that argument, but I won't agree with it. Why should I? Look, I know Odell's not getting his stats right now. I know that. He's got some games where he's up around 100 yards. He's got the one touchdown against the Jets, which is the most mind-boggling thing. That You could have asked me 100 questions of what I expected for the Browns' season before the season started, and I would have never written down that Odell would have one touchdown after nine games. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Not at all. But you still need Odell Beckham Jr., Look, every time he's on the field, the defense has an extra set of eyes on him. So when they're doing that, when they're paying extra close attention to Odell, even though it hasn't necessarily translated into huge games for him, it has opened up things for other people. Do you think Jarvis Landry would be so wide open on some of these throws if Odell Beckham wasn't on the field? Do you think Rashard Higgins would have been that wide open for that winning touchdown catch last Sunday against the Buffalo Bills right down there on the lake if Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't on the field? No, we know that because we've seen that. <laughs> we've seen that. Odell Beckham Jr. is one of the most special and talented players in all of the NFL. You can't just look at this microcosm of his career, these past nine games, his first nine games with any quarterback outside of Eli Manning, and just assume that because the Browns strung a... Shit, we didn't even string a couple wins together. Because the Browns have won a few games without Odell having huge games that we don't need him. No, no. We need Odell Beckham Jr. Clearly. So, is Odell happy? I I have no idea. He is the most, every interview he does this year, he is the most solemn dude I've ever seen. And he hasn't really acted like a diva in these interviews, which is kind of disappointing for me. I got to be honest. If, you, if the Browns are going to win three out of nine games, at least give me some antics. I mean, Baker has tried to give us a couple antics. He's taken a sh- couple shots at some some now ESPN analysts who used to be head coaches in the NFL. He's uh, responded to people online, uh, i.e. A.B. a couple of months ago when Antonio Brown was going through all that foolishness. And Baker, Baker's the quarterback, though. Baker's not the guy whose head I want to be bobbled up with all this BS, all this midweek non-on-the-field BS. I don't want my quarterback getting tangled up in this crap. But my wide receiver can do it. I don't mind that. I wouldn't mind it if Miles Garrett had a little bit more dog in him. Not saying that Miles Garrett is not a dog on the field. But I mean, come on. Guy sounds like a damn substitute teacher every time he talks. 
Show me some grit, bro. Put these dudes on they ass, bro. And dance on them. It's the NFL. Y'all only got three wins. <laughs> no, I'm joking, of course. I love Miles Garrett, and I think he's a beast. And I think, it, hell, if there's one guy on our team, every single player included, that I want to keep, it's probably Miles Garrett over Odell and over Baker Mayfield. Now, that's just being real. Miles Garrett can turn the game around. And he's only, what, 24? Imagine him when he gets about 26, 27. When he's truly got, when he's truly mastered all of the nuances of that position, when it already looks like he does, I think he leads the league in sacks right now. But Miles Garrett is one guy that I don't, I don't want to let go. So, you know, two of my, two of my key things that I'm looking out for tonight and for the rest of the season is, is one, can or when will the Browns find and establish themselves a true football identity? Do they want to be? The powerhouse run team? Do they want to kind of hit you with the two running back game? Do they want to be the pass first team that can spread you out on any given play for any yardage situation? I mean, what do they want to be? Because there's one thing that they're not going to be, at least this season, and that's dominant defensively. Them guys look outside of outside of Miles, and I mean, that's really it. I don't, I don't even really, I don't, I can't even think of any other standouts on the defensive side of the football can you I mean I truly cannot Denzel Ward has even looked a little disappointing to me I have to look up his numbers but I've seen him make a lot of tackles but he's tackling the dudes after they catch the ball on him I don't know so Browns must find an identity Moving forward, if the Browns want to stay on this uh, this pedestal that we've been placed on, they better find a way to keep Odell happy. Not saying the Browns can't be successful without Odell. I just think it'd be a hell of a lot easier with him. He hasn't necessarily been a distraction. I mean, he has his on, on-field antics with his fashion decisions. But, I mean, outside of that, he's been pretty much what I've expected. Like to see a couple more touchdowns on there, but, you know, we'll see. And then the last thing that I just want you guys to think about is how many wins will it take for Freddie Kitchens to keep his job? Now, if you listen to the local sports talk from from all from all accounts, it seems as if he's safe for the remainder of this year. I'm not saying that if he goes out there and throws three eggs up in a row where he just looks terrible that he won't get fired midseason. But at this point, you're over the halfway point in the season. If you do fire Freddie Kitchens, say the Browns lose, and now we're uh, three and seven, season essentially done. Say they lose this game bad. Say they lose tonight by 50 points, and, and they fire Freddie tomorrow. Who the hell, what, 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 then what? I mean, the season is already lost. So what, what would be the point of getting rid of him during the season? So I, I don't see that happening. But I, I, I expect that after the season is done, within the first week of the Brown season ending, whether it's in the playoffs, whether it's in the regular season, within the first week, we'll know if Freddie is staying or not. We'll see how the rest of these games go. And we'll know. I don't think it'll be too too tough to figure out. 
But damn, what we at? About 40 minutes? 35? Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to try to keep these around 30 to 45 minutes so I can hit you guys a couple of times a week. Uh, I, I do appreciate everybody listening. If you listened on iTunes, uh, hopefully I, I got that figured out. Then, then shout out to you. If you listened on SoundCloud, then shout out to you. Wherever you listen, just make sure you like it. Make sure you share it with whoever you're, whoever the Browns fans are in your circle. You know, I, I, I'm born and raised in Cleveland. I'm a homer, but I'm going to try to keep it as real as I can with myself and with all of you guys. I love watching sports. I, I never actually played organized sports for a school, but I, I do love watching it on TV. <laughs> My dude Josh in, I think it was the sixth grade at Monticello Middle School over there on Monticello Road in Cleveland Heights. Good old Cleveland Heights. We talked, I think it was probably during lunch or before school, and, 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 and we heard the announcement they were having football tryouts. I think we were in homeroom. And we was like, yeah, man, you going to football tryouts? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'll see you there. All right, dog. Yeah, I took my ass home. <laughs> I took my ass home. He played. He played on the O line. I don't know if he finished that whole season or if he played for three years or what. But I didn't play. But I watched the games at home. Actually, at that time, I don't even think the Cleveland Browns had a team. Tell you how far back that go. But yeah, I'm gonna try to keep these relatively short, man. Less than an hour. Just want to come in here, have fun with you guys, talk a little shit, and uh, you know, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully, later tonight, the Cleveland Browns, hold on. I'll definitely be back with a reaction to this game. Hopefully tomorrow. But I do appreciate the listen. The website is up as well, maddiewills.com. You can find my blogs there. Just click blog and then click the title of whichever one you want to read. And then uh, you'll find my podcast there as well. So if you found this on SoundCloud or through one of my social medias, Go ahead and uh, check out MattyWills.com. You can bookmark it if you want to keep getting the updates. We'll be posting blogs there and podcasts there pretty regularly, a few times a week on each. I'll definitely try to get a preview and review of each game. Any national news stories break, then I'll definitely try to be on top of those as well. And then as far as the Cleveland Cavaliers, listen, I know they lost a tough one. Couldn't score in like the last three minutes out in Philadelphia a few nights ago. Lost by one freaking point but i'll tell you this the Cavs. i like beeline i like the head coach i don't love the fact that he's 127 years old but i do like jim beeline and i like our young nucleus i do plus it seems like tristan thompson and kevin love are are playing a little resurged this year i don't know if they both finished this year on the Cavs. one of them or both of them could be traded by the deadline depending on how the season goes, which may, you know, be why they're playing so inspired. But Tristan Thompson especially, I feel like, could help a, a, a team that is on the cusp of winning an NBA championship. Kevin Love still has someone in the tank. He he still has some game left in the tank. But if if I could only get one of those guys, I mean, Tristan Thompson leads the league in offensive rebounds right now. How valuable is that in a playoff game? So... We'll definitely be talking Cavs 
throughout the weeks and upcoming months as well. All right. So make sure you hit us up online at MattyWills.com. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it at SoundCloud, iTunes. I'll try to get it on the Google platform as well. And bookmark the website, MattyWills.com. Check out some of those latest blogs. And if you guys ever have any ideas or if you guys ever disagree with or agree with anything that I say, definitely leave a comment, like it. And uh, I, I like I like the debate, man. I, I, I love the debate of sport. So I would never turn down a challenge. And we'll even figure out a way to get some guests on on the show as well. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I actually haven't thought about a tagline to close these things quite yet. But I will say this. Um, this should be fun. This should be fun. So, again, my name is Maddie Wills. Make sure you hit me up on MattyWills.com and uh, go Browns. <laughs>